Hello and welcome back to Take 97, a film podcast with me, your host, David Ingram. On today's episode, I shall be talking to you about all things most excellent. And by that, my friends, I mean Bill and Ted Face the Music, the third film in the series of films featuring the characters Bill and Ted, played by Alex Winter, who plays Bill Preston, and Keanu Reeves as Ted Logan. And Throughout this review, I shall be giving you my thoughts and opinions on the film and whether it sort of holds up with the other films uh, and whether it's worth a watch overall and what I enjoyed about it, what I didn't enjoy about it or thought could have been better. Uh, but first of all, uh, if you aren't following us on the social media platforms, follow us on at Take97Podcast for Twitter and if you're on Instagram, at Take97Podcast. Uh so keep up to date with all the latest bits and pieces from the podcast. We'll be doing polls, uh, just asking questions and opinions from all you film fans out there. And obviously we'll be posting guest announcements and pictures and stills relating to the episodes that we're talking about in these episodes. So I went to see Bill and Ted face the music the other, uh, a couple of weeks ago now. And before I went to see the film, obviously I refreshed myself on the original two films and I, I actually, I quite enjoyed the film. Not going to lie, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, they're a bit old. The characters of Bill and Ted are a bit older, a bit wiser. And you think, oh, uh, maybe it's just another, you know, like many of these old classics. So you've got Blade Runner, you've got Star Wars, basically anything with Harrison Ford in it, really, um, <laughs> where you've got a character from the classic uh, original film or series of films uh, and they're just that much older and they're trying to prove they've still got it i think that kind of comes across with bill and ted here but uh at the same time it, it kind of because of the new element they've added into the film it doesn't sort of cheapen it at all so the story basically in short follows uh bill and ted 25 years or so later after they allegedly united the world with the song that would unite the world at the end of um, Bill and Ted's bogus journey. It's clear, though, that that wasn't the case and things haven't been going quite well for them. So by the end of the last in the between the events of the second and this film, uh, the band, the Wild Stallions, has disbanded uh, Death or the Grim Reaper, have whichever way you want to call him. Uh, he has uh, left the band and he sued. <laughs> he tried to sue Bill and Ted uh, for treating him badly and getting rid of, rid of him out of the band uh, because of a 40 minute bass solo that he performed <laughs> at one of their gigs. And uh, yeah, it's just, you know, picking up where we left off, but also it's several years later, if that makes sense. So they're still in the process of trying to find uh, trying to find the song that we unite the world they get visited by uh the daughter of um uh, rufus their mentor throughout the particularly the first film of bill and ted's excellent adventure uh and yeah he's no longer with us sadly the actor george carlin he's no longer with us anymore uh but they did present him in the form of a uh, spoiler guys uh, just for if anyone doesn't want to know any details about the film too much um i would say turn off now watch the film and then come back to the podcast but uh yeah so we get a representation of the character of rufus uh he appears as a hologram when bill and ted are taken to the future to meet the uh supreme one <laughs> uh 
and all the many future beings uh, that obviously, well, they think worship them. Uh, but in this case, they haven't written the song to unite the world. So the timeline and everything around in reality itself is collapsing in on itself. And that's the premise. So Bill and Ted have basically got to write the song to save the world and reality as we know it uh, before time runs out. I think they've got like six hours to save the world uh, in future time uh, on a specific, uh, it's like seven seventeen. they have to perform the song by uh, a song performed by Preston and Logan will save you reality itself. And, Essentially, that's the basic plot of the film. They've got to write a, a song to save the world because they're legendary musicians in the future, uh, as they were told in the previous uh, episode uh, episodes of the saga, should we say. <laughs> um, and I don't know, like, the plot is very... I felt the plot was very simple. Uh, it's not complex. It's not, um, it's not Inception or, you know... It's the sixth sense. It's not got any of those like major twists at the end or any sort of mind bending concepts of reality or anything like that. It's mostly, um, you know, they've got to write a song. And obviously, because time travel's a thing in this, they have a phone booth. It's not a blue police box <laughs> for those of you Doctor Who fans out there. Um, it's so their little phone booth from the first film, particularly. Um, that makes a reappearance, and obviously that's used a lot to travel through time to find the song that they haven't yet written yet. So they essentially decide to go on a journey to find the song and steal it from themselves uh, and write the somehow, you know, save the world that way rather than waiting ages and ages and running out of time to write the song. Uh, they'll just go into the future. Uh, and obviously the film, majority, the majority of it consists of several time jumps uh, displayed by Bill and Ted. Uh, they visit their future selves across several time jumps. So I think they go two years into the future, so 2022, where they meet uh, themselves at a gig at a bar where they're a bit like down and out, a little bit like they are at the beginning of the film because the beginning of the film, it really does show that they are um, down on their luck. They're performing a song at their brother's, uh, their brother's wedding. Um, oh, a wedding, sorry. And uh, it's just, you know, they trying to write some masterpiece that will unite the world and it's not working uh, and that clearly is the case in the when they visit themselves in 2022 and 2025 2030 and just any other time period they visit themselves in apart from when they go right to the year 2067 uh, where they meet themselves uh, as old men and they're on their deathbeds and they give them a memory stick with the song on it and it's got Preston and Logan written on it that's the short end of that uh i particularly felt that they're a little hijinks some of them were more fun than others um some of them were just reusing gags from the original film so like in terms of the first film there's a moment uh the classic joke the 69 dudes it's um and they talk to themselves like what number am i thinking of uh what number are you thinking of bill or ted uh, and they have that similar chemistry with each of their respective selves throughout the entire um, the entire film. So all the different versions that they meet, they do that. Oh, I hope we wouldn't remember that. And they kind of do like little mini com comical sketches with themselves. Uh, so for instance, I think it's uh, 20, uh, 2025 Bill and Ted. Uh, they they pretend to be to have British accents, and they fool the 
Bill and Ted that we're following throughout the story that they've got the song, but actually they they haven't. Uh, they're under false pretenses. Uh, they're actually living they're living in this big mansion, and they think that they've made it, but they haven't. It's actually Dave Grohl's mansion. Dave Grohl makes a very uh, brief cameo appearance in the film, and it's just it, that bit for me was quite a funny, nice little moment there for music fans in general. Uh, but the obviously they go on their little hijinks. They do find the song eventually, but for the majority of the film, I would say uh, it also follows. So we we've got the two uh, women they took from uh, Elizabethan England, <laughs> uh, their wives, Bill and Ted's wives, and they, uh, there's another funny moment in there where they attend couples therapy, but quite literally a couple of couples. Which if anyone's seen the trailer, you'll know that that's the essence of that. <laughs> that that gag's been used quite a lot so i have to admit because i'd seen the trailer a couple of times i didn't think that gag was as funny when i watched it probably my own fault because i watched the trailer um that one extra time but then on top of that uh so you get those two returning i think they're played by different actresses because one of them's played by jamie mays uh who is in um who plays emma pillsbury and glee uh but i think they're slightly different actresses to the ones who were in the original films uh, but obviously we've got that uh, little bit of comedy of, oh, we, we come from Elizabeth uh, Beef in England. We we don't belong here. And then the counsellor doesn't believe them. And she has a little, little bit of a nervous breakdown. It's quite basic humour, really, um, but enjoyable, to say the least. But the main selling point, I think, for this film is the use of Bill and Ted's daughters. Now, their children they had at the end of the second film. Uh, so Little Bill and Little Ted. Uh, who have now grown up to be uh, Thea Preston and Billy Logan. Uh, so obviously Thea Preston is played by Samara Weaving uh, and Billy Logan is played by Bridget Lundy-Payne. For me personally, I think Bridget Lundy-Payne does a brilliant job on uh, performing as Ted's daughter. Uh, the mannerisms are so much like young Ted from the original films it's almost like they did, I mean, and they probably did do it intentionally, but it's so, like, the way the way Billy moves and, like, the way her movements sort of mimic uh, what Ted used to be, or what Keanu Reeves used to be like, it kind of gives us what we miss when uh, when Bill, uh, 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 you know, he's as he should be. So Alex Winter's Bill is exactly how we left him, but just a little bit more rougher around the edges and stuff. Uh, in terms of his voice and everything like that. But you can still tell he's Bill at heart. Whereas Ted, I feel Ted has really lost it. There's a moment right at the beginning of the film where Keanu Reeves is, uh, goes, oh, I'm tired, dude. Like, it, you can actually tell it, overall in his performance, like he's giving it his all, but he is tired. And you can tell that he's sort of just going with it. I mean, Keanu Reeves has been playing like a, He's been playing a hitman for the past so many years, so and so many other badass characters. So I, I feel he's gone so intense that he's lost the ability to be as laid back and chill as his original portrayal of Ted used to be. Um, but you know, nonetheless, Keanu Reeves is really good. He has his moments, but I think Billy Logan, so uh, Bridget Lundy Payne, sorry, as Billy Logan, really does pick up the lack of actual Ted then, if that makes sense. And obviously I, I then leading on from that point, I think that they steal the film for me. So, uh, 
Thea and Billy, they go on a, a bogus journey of their own, a journey through time and space. Uh, well, not space, but through time to find uh, the musicians, all the best musicians in the world to form this ultimate band to perform the song that hopefully that their parents are going to write and perform to save reality itself. Um, and it's just really interesting to see how in a way they've recreated, they've basically rewritten uh, Bill and Ted's most excellent adventure uh, and brought it up today, had some, got two female leads right there and then. And I just think it's just brilliant in terms of it really brings a fresh rawness to it, even though it is practically the same because, you know, Bill and Ted in the original film, they go and find members of history to help them with their history report. Whereas, you know, the daughters are looking for all these famous names in history from music to help save reality. So rather than save the future of Preston and Logan, it's more saving the future of just reality in general. So more higher risk stake stakes and stuff like that i i do feel that they as characters really gel well they had a really good chemistry and i personally enjoyed it a lot it, it, i think to be honest uh, it sounds a bit horrible to keanu reeves and alex winter but i honestly think they could have been in it even less than they actually were it wouldn't have been a bill and ted film then obviously you couldn't call it bill and ted face the music but i think a billy and thea spin-off would have been much better and like if it was completely about them i think it would have been just that little bit better than it actually was i mean no complaints from me i i'm fairly new to bill and ted anyway so you know before i went to see the film i i watched the others i i hadn't watched them a great deal but i still had them in the back of my mind the idea that oh I really love these characters. You know, these characters are quite zany and quite cool. Um, and they obviously had lost that because they've got older. Uh, and the young factor in their daughters is really good uh, and comes through nicely uh, throughout their performances and their general chemistry. And uh, the collection of artists they get, it's just brilliant. I love it. They've got names like, uh, who they got? Jimi Hendrix, uh, they visit first. Uh, they can't get Jimi Hendrix to start with, which I think is quite funny. Uh, so they get someone that he admires the most uh, in the form of Louis Armstrong, a young Louis Armstrong from the 1920s, not old Louis Armstrong. Uh, and they, so he comes in, he plays a little sax, uh, plays a little uh, trombone, I think, in the end, in the final song. And then, uh, obviously, you got Jimi Hendrix with his guitar, legend. Uh, not the Jimi Hendrix, but a very good, you know, actor. I can't remember the actor's name, but he, he did a very good, very good job. Uh, and uh, obviously, we get other names. We also get a random appearance from Kid Cudi, um, uh, who makes a cameo appearance. He just keeps popping in and out of reality, popping up everywhere, and then he joins in for the final song right at the end of the film. Uh, which is very strange. Uh, we get also Ling Lun, who's from the uh, from, like uh, from Chinese, a uh, famous Chinese uh, flutist. Uh, we even get a prehistoric uh, drummer <laughs> to do the drumming, uh, and also we get um, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, uh, which I think is quite funny because the different and they don't do what lots of films do when you mix different cultures and uh, languages. They don't go oh because it's an english film uh, american film we're going to have to make them speak english i do think it's quite nice that they just and they didn't put subtitles on either they just let the 
accent, let the actors flow with it and let the voices flow because you get Wolfgang Amadeus, like you understand when he says, and again, it's in the trailer, he goes, oh, this is fantastic. Uh, you know, a little bit of English, but mixed in with what his native tongue uh, and all the, I believe the Chinese uh, language is used a little bit as well. I mean, you don't really hear English speaking voice voices from these characters from different countries. You hear them from Louis Armstrong and Jimi Hendrix because they were they spoke English um, for the majority of the time they were alive. But I would say uh, it's quite a nice representation for the for different cultures coming together. And I thought it was quite a nice metaphor, really, that you know you don't have to speak the same language in terms of your voice but you can speak the same language of your love of music. So the love of music is a universal language, and that is what unites the world and saves reality itself, really. Because obviously by the end of the film, we get to, again, spoiler territory ahead, guys, um, we get to the end, and it turns out that it wasn't Bill and Ted that had to perform the song. I mean, they performed the song, which is called Face the Music, hence the title of the film. But they their daughters, so it says Preston and Logan, are said to perform and write a song that will save reality and it turns out to be billy and thea and like i said if this film was just purely based on billy and thea then i think you know it would be a much stronger film overall because for me personally it sounds really bad but i felt like every time we went to bill and ted there were some points where we kind of distracted ourselves for a little it was like they were the distraction and billy and thea were the main plot even though it's not meant to be like that at all like Billy and Thea were the side plot who are helping their dads uh, with this song. But there you have it. That's, you know, you've got a give and take. And it is it is Bill and Ted, the world of Bill and Ted. You've got to respect the performances of Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, who did a great job uh, for what they could, especially Alex Winter, I think. He really still captures that stoner, <laughs> really laid-back Californian guy, uh, musician, that is Bill Preston. Uh, and we love him for it. It's brilliant. And uh, I think the daughters are a great match for both of them. And they mimic them. If if I'm honest, I think that's where things get sort of a little bit weird. If you were to mix Bridget Lundy-Payne's uh, Billy Logan and Alex Winter's Bill Preston, that's a better combination, I think, than uh, Bill and Ted and Thea and Billy. Because I, I feel like while Samara Weaving's performance was good and the chemistry with with um Bridget was good. I would say that in terms of characterization, Bridget Lundy Payne really brought the Ted factor and Bill brought his original so Alex Winter brought his original Bill factor to it. And that is where I think the thing of the whole, you know, where this film really lies is that it's good in some parts, but it could be better in others. And the chemistry for certain characters was much better in places much more tighter than others. Um, but as an ensemble piece, I practically enjoyed it. It was very good um, seeing the daughters with their dads, especially when they get sent to hell uh, by a robot, a very comical monotone robot who panics about what he's going to do. Um, <laughs> like when he messes up and he kills someone, but he kills their daughter, well, sends their daughters and practically all the main characters to hell. Uh, and he's got, he kept, keeps saying his name is Dennis Kett. My name is Del Dennis Caleb McCoy. He just says that all the time, every time someone new comes on. Uh, he's quite a weird robot. Nice design. Um, kind of reminds, reminds me a little bit of, um, I've forgotten what the guy's name is, but like a little bit of Red Dwarf uh, mixed in with 
C3PO, Red Dwarf meets C- um, Star Wars, I would say. I think that match is quite, you know, for Dennis Caleb McCoy, uh, the robot, <laughs> who also gets sent to hell. And that's another funny bit. I quite like the fact that, oh, lots of running jokes with, that's a robot in hell. How does he get sent to hell? He's not even alive. <laughs> but that can add to the debate between whether robots truly have feelings, which, you know, if we want to talk about that, I'll talk about AI and all sorts of other robot-based films. Uh, but I'll save that for another episode. But for now, guys, um, that is pretty much my thoughts on the film. I think it was a enjoyable watch. I would give it, if I was to give it, like, out of five stars, I'd give it a three and a half. Uh, because uh, three, because it was just, it was enjoyable. It was watchable, but I'd give it the extra half just because of Billy and Thea alone. But I don't think it warrants four stars because it wasn't an amazing film, but I did get chills down my spine uh, by the time we got to the end of the film Uh, and they played the song together and it united the world (laughs) it united the cinema that i was in i mean there wasn't many of us in there obviously because of current restrictions but like it it truly was a really good film and i highly encourage anyone to watch it if you like bill and ted i think you'll like it it's got several callbacks to the original uh film original two films obviously it's got the presence of the character of death or grim reaper um and there's a little bit of like filling in the gaps between Bogus Journey and Face the Music. There's some bits there, sweet moments there. Again, Billy and Thea practically bring death and the wild stallions, so Bill and Ted together once more. Uh, but yeah, that's all I really have to say on the film. Uh highly encourage you to watch it if you do enjoy Bill and Ted films in general. Uh, but other than that, I would say... Uh, Try your try your luck at Bill and Ted, guys. Um, for now, the next episode, quick little note, it's going to be another review episode. I'm going to be talking to you about Enola Holmes. Uh, Enola Holmes, obviously the Netflix film that's just hit recently, the end of September, uh, and I watched it recently. It's really, I really enjoyed it. I'm going to tell you more about what I enjoyed about it uh, and some things I didn't enjoy about it, but mostly I really love that film. I want to tell you all about it on the next episode of the podcast, so that'll be out next week. Um, quick little note, if anybody sees uh, any bits and pieces on our social medias, then uh, please do interact with them because you guys, I like to have as much audience participation as possible. Uh, so I get feedback on how I'm doing on the podcast. If you want to give us, uh, if you use Apple Podcasts, leave us a rate and a review. Uh, and if you've enjoyed it, and uh, obviously on the social medias, let us know. If you answer any of the polls or the questions, chances are you might see that something you contributed might add to an episode in the future. So I ask about, or oh, who do you want to hear on the next episode or an episode about directors? Who do you want to hear about? I'll probably listen to you guys and take everything into account and sort it that way. Um, But for now, guys, I shall say goodbye and sign off. Um, And I look forward to reviewing Enola Holmes for you next week. And I'll see you around, guys. That's a wrap on Take 97, the most excellent edition of the podcast, if you will. Uh, And I will talk to you soon. See you later, guys.